So, how did that happen? My asshole hand. It came back, grew another me. Same shit, different day. Things were going fine with Amanda too, but that went south. All because of that goddamn book. No disrespect. You were the one who read from it. No disrespect, Kelly. If you live in the past, you hurt the future. you primitive screwheads listen up hey everybody welcome to our podcast i'm jason and i'm richard and i'm chris and i'm guest starring spencer <laughs> and this is evil <laughs> deadcast 13 you might remember spencer from some podcast i forget that we did but it was one like episode one or two it was Possibly one, of, one on. of the episodes right it was yeah i think so i think it was number three it was like i think it was the first one you were on chris i don't know it, yeah, it might have been. I don't know. It was early on. Anyway, we all watched it together, and now we're going to talk about it. So, let's... Well, how are you guys doing, by the way? Did you have a good Christmas and everything? Yeah, it was awesome. It was fantastic. Great Christmas. I got Doctor Who Lego, and it was... I put it together. It's nice. fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Nico got a little uh, Scooby-Doo airplane thing, and he's, I got get, the... he's four years old, and he can, he can put that stuff together pretty well. Yeah, he's a smart I'm kid. I'm proud. I got uh, Millennium Falcon. Lego. Lego? Nice. Show off. <laughs> <laughs> Who got that for you? Uh, that was a present to myself, actually. <laughs> <laughs> You're such a nerd. I'm so proud. What yeah, saying, that's Chris? all right. I was going to say, I really want the Imperial Shuttle that's out right now, but uh-huh. I just haven't had a chance to... Well, you know, it's. I think it's 130 bucks or something yeah. like that, so yeah. I haven't had a chance to spend the money. <laughs> it's a guilty pleasure. I never oh, got yeah. into that stuff until now because of Nico, but it's really satisfying putting those things together. Yeah. I, I so did much. it when I was a kid, and then just a couple of years ago, I like rediscovered them. Oh, yeah, this is fun. $1,000 later, I'm up to my ass, and uh, Legos all are all up. <laughs> they all need Ash's cabin with like real beheadings and the Necronomicon <laughs> and all that. Ooh, they have a thing where evil. you can design your own, yeah. Dead-ice. Evil Dead licensed Lego would be amazing. <laughs> I don't know if they do that. It's a little violent, but that's awesome. Just trying to bring it around. Yeah. All right. Well, that's a nice seg. Let's get into our Deadcast Top 3 this week. It's our Top 3 Highlights for Season 1, Episode 9, Bound in the Flesh. So what would you guys think in oh. general? Yeah, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was cool. It was very exciting. I think this episode had probably the most dialogue, too, of any of the episodes. I mean, they were just all talking. And it was it was quick, quick exchange mm-hmm. talk. You know, it really kept the pace up. I agree. I love the fact that it, the snappy repartee was going back and forth, and uh, to me, that that's what really makes Bruce Campbell stand out as a it, uh, not only as Ash, but in other characters that he's done in his career. Uh, the one-liners are the best way to go. Mm-hmm. I thought it was a good one, uh, like a really fun episode, and I liked how it involved everybody. They all had something to do, and the show's been pretty good about that. I mean, it's rare that uh, any of the characters don't get screen time in an episode, but what I liked most is this one felt like a real continuation from last week, and I have a feeling that next week is going to be the same, and if you take episode 8, 9, and 10 together, it's almost going to feel like a little mini Evil Dead movie, <laughs> yeah. sort of, you know, a 90-minute well, movie kind of. Well, I looked it up, and Evil Dead 2 was 84 minutes, so it'll actually be a couple minutes longer. <laughs> there you go. 
I thought it was good. I thought it was fun. It was a shift from last week. It was interesting because they're still in the cabin, but last week felt more like classic scary Evil Dead, and this was more on the comedic side. And uh, it was a it was a like a half a notch down for me, but I still liked it a lot. It was seriously gory too. Oh yeah, I think this was the goriest episode so I mean, far. I don't. Have you ever seen a show where they like take time out to actually show somebody sawing somebody else in two? <laughs> it's it's a plot point, right? It's yeah. they yeah. never. No other show would do that, and they do it with style by playing just the two of us. Oh That's yeah. Right. <laughs> well, for me, what got me was watching Ash's expression as he's like. Oh, hell, here I go again yeah. as he's gotten his chainsaw and he's just going to town. And I was yeah. just like, oh, my gosh, that's so cool. He's like, I got to do what I got to do. Yeah. It was interesting because usually in Evil Dead, when we see him dismembering, it's quick. Boom, zip, zap, done. But here he's like, all right, let me settle down into this. You see the chainsaw halfway through the neck. Focus in <laughs> oh, on it. Yes. But what I loved is how they showed the his shadow big on the wall and he like holds the body parts up. I know yes. that was very evil dead. It's gruesome. Super cool. All right, let's get into our top three. I'll go first this time. All right. <coughs> okay for a change. Yeah. yeah. Why not? So I wanted to watch really closely evil Ash, good Ash and see who said what, because I was trying to tell the difference and I really couldn't, I like, I wouldn't have been able to make a decision based on what we heard. But I wrote it all out, so here's how it went. Good Ash said, easy kids, no need to jump the gun here. Evil Ash says, yeah, don't shoot the wrong guy, dummies. Good Ash, you buying this shining turd? This is the guy who killed Fisher. Come on, take him out. Evil Ash, I did not. That guy killed Fisher. Take him down. Good Ash, well, of course he's going to say that. He's a murderer. Pablo, amigo, kill the guy, and I'll get you a piñata or whatever. (laughs) (laughs) So maybe that's the first sign, because that's Good Ash saying that stupid shit. Evil Ash says, hey, I'm a racist too. Asian babies creep me out. But unlike Mr. Imposter here, I know stuff about your past, stuff that you only told me. Pablo, until you were nine, your best friend was a kitty cat. He says, notorious CIT. Um, Which is interesting because that was Evil Ash, but we've seen before that deadites sometimes know stuff and we're not sure how they know it. Good Ash says, anybody can figure that crap out. Kelly, when you were in junior high school, you told me you busted the stained glass window of the church. Evil Ash says, then you punched a nun in the face. Good Ash says, okay, look, just shoot us both. Yeah, it's the only way. That way the, this asswipe is dead and I don't have to deal with this horse shit anymore. Evil Ash, oh no, come on, come on. So that was how they figured it out. Uh, Ash is a racist, but not to Asians. But also <laughs> that he was uh, was the one who said shoot us both. And I thought that was a little weak because a deadite might say that just to get rid of somebody because they seem a little cavalier with their own lives. But on the other hand, when Kelly said you tried to take the easy way out, wow. total ash move. Yeah. That's what made it kind of make a little well, he's more so sense. self-centered. Yeah. Totally. yeah. <laughs> so I don't know. I kind of wish there was something a little more clever about that exchange that made them figure it out. But I guess it was OK. But it's kind of like that. Now, I don't I'm not really up to up to well, I mean my knowledge on this is not great but isn't it that the story of Solomon or something and there's a scene where a woman is trying to uh, there's two women claiming the uh, claiming ownership of a baby or something like that, that and correct. one of them yeah one of them says ultimately says uh, cut the baby in half or something like that oh. and then they realize that the um, oh, maybe one of you guys can well that makes so the, the, if the real mother would love the baby enough not to Something like that. Yeah, yeah. That's obvious. 
kind of reminded me that this kind of reminded me of that a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Good Ash said, just shoot us both. Right. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Right. Right. So that was so, what basically what did it. I thought it was okay. Them. It didn't last very long. I thought the whole battle between the two ashes was going to be like half the episode or something like that. They, they kind of did that justice at the end of last week's though. You yeah, know, tricked so. me. I was just surprised <laughs> that it didn't last as long. It didn't uh-huh. last longer, but it's it's cool. I mean, they wrapped it up and moved on. Yeah, I'm sort of glad they didn't go on and on with it because it would have been it would have been the same joke over and over again throughout the episode. And there's other things to get to. Let me ask you this: Did it make it any more or less gross to you guys that Ash was cutting up a clone of himself? <sighs> well, no. I don't know. Like maybe if it was the first time I saw it. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> but he did the same thing in the in the third movie, and the, <laughs> so the second saying that movie we've all too. been desensitized. I mean, yeah, I think so. <laughs> to me, it just the f- cutting up a dead body. It didn't matter to me that it was a clone grown from a hand. It still was pretty disturbing. Yeah, regardless, yeah. I like what he said too. He said, uh, "Cutting up my own clone. Maybe someday that'll be weird to me." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which I think was a direct reference to Army of Darkness. Yeah, right? It is. See, they're, and they're able to reference the movie even though technically they're not allowed to, which we've talked about, which I like. Yeah, you know? they're skirting so, some line there. Yeah, they can include it in little subtle ways like that, which is good. All right, who wants to go second? I'll go ahead, Chris. Well, I, I can if you want. Um, my, uh, we, we brought it up in the general already, but I was going to talk about the gore a little bit. And my note here was the gore, my God, the gore, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because it was, it was, and this sounds like a broken record. Cause I think we've said this before, but I think they outdid themselves again. It started with Ash cutting up the bodies and just holding, holding up the parts and then throwing them around. Um, when, uh, Deadite Amanda was killing the hikers and using them as puppets, like just something about ramming her fist into the backs of their skull. really got to me and it was hilarious when she was sort of puppeteering them but i also was totally grossed out and then um heather the camper her broken leg i hate seeing bones sticking out of people like that that. just that was cringe super nasty i cringed like multiple times in this episode Mm -hmm. and then even later on in the episode when he's cutting the face off the book i thought that was just nasty as well and it's only a book so I think they, they really outdid themselves on the gore this week, and I loved every second of it. <laughs> it was freaky when the book was, was like, screaming no. And he kept yeah, that's, that's scary, man. Like, the book, I mean, it doesn't want to die or something? Yeah, I don't is. know. It's just creepy. It is. Well, yeah, what interested me about that is it made me think maybe Ash is on to something. If the book is protesting, then maybe, you know, I mean, the, the question is... It, is it the right thing to do to bury the book or does Ruby have a point that someone else could just come and dig it up and you really need to destroy it even though that mm-hmm. her intentions aren't good she might still have a, have a point there so with the book protesting so much it made me think maybe she did but another thing about that is the book says if you bury me you stop being a superman and go back to being a stock boy and that was an example that we've seen many times before of the evil being able to tune in on something that is a soft spot or a sore point. Mm -hmm. And another time in this episode when they did that was when, uh, what was it? Amanda with the puppets that you just mentioned saying, uh, Oh, I love Kelly. Do you love me too? And and Pablo's like, Oh my God, shut up. Yeah. (laughs) Shut up. Shut up. (laughs) Yeah. 
Yeah, that the evil the evil knows stuff, right? And it knows yeah. how to manipulate information to make people well uncomfortable, right? <laughs> it, Which I love. You know, or or worse. So yeah, uh, sometimes that seems to be the only goal, just to fuck with them. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, my number three was uh, the Ashes character and uh, how he uh, he was kind of shown in a different light this time. You know, his whole his whole strength there, his whole power about. What was it? Shoot first, think never. It didn't really apply here to this one because he seemed to be kind of out of his element. He knows about the book and what the book can do, but you know, maybe he's up against the person who actually wrote it. He was he was looking a little lost. So I'm kind of curious what's going to happen next. What's he going to have to do to get himself out of this one? Because the whole hack and slash thing, you know, it may not work for him. And it seems like whatever Ruby's goal was, that maybe she achieved it. She's got the power now because she admitted that she wrote the book. So does that mean that she her, the pretenses are over because she's she achieved her goal? Yeah, that's a well, that's a whole other thing. I mean, who is Ruby? Is she one of the dark ones? Yeah, you know the the, the what is it? She's not a demon, but she's not fully human either. And why did she write the book? What's going on? <laughs> yeah. So if you want to talk about that. She's, she admitted she wrote the book, which means if what we've heard about the book is true, that she's a dark one. And so that begs the question, is she even Ruby Noby? Is Maybe she's a dark one inhabiting Ruby Noby's body, you know? Or maybe Ruby Noby never even existed and that was just a BS story. Yeah. Maybe she's a dark one that fell in love with the evil spirit. I mean, the, one of the good things about Ruby is you just can't ever trust anything. And you don't, we still don't really know that much, but we, but a lot more has been revealed. Yeah, we don't know really what's going on with her. And every time I feel like we we get some sort of an idea, they throw a wrench in it mm -hmm. and, and we just don't know anymore. I mean, yeah, is she a dark one? Is there a difference between a dark one and like the dark one? Is there a leader? I don't know. Or is she... Is she is she actually Ruby Noby, but she's just possessed? Like, there's all these all these questions that I don't know about her, and it's intriguing. So I think we'll probably find out more next week. But for now, mm -hmm. it's kind of kind of confusing. Plus, she can do uh, like some superhuman things, like come out of a fire completely unburned. And in this episode, she seemed to fly through the woods, or at least jump out of a tree. I wasn't quite yeah, sure, but it looked like superhuman it, for sure. She definitely knocked, yeah. superhuman. She knocked back Ash with her with the book there. Mm -hmm. like yeah, that's power right. Blast, yeah, yeah, and and Kelly did that too. She hit somebody with the book, but Ash like flew into the wall this time. So she's got Ruby's got some strength behind her or something. I don't know. That Lucy Lawless totally lied. <laughs> <laughs> uh, big liar. <laughs> <laughs> okay, my turn. Number two. So the horror and and the tone of this. Um, I wish it would have been a little more on the scary side. I mean. As you'll hear when I get to my lines, there were plenty of funny lines, but there were also a bunch of lines that were just kind of so-so, I thought, or at least, I mean, none none bad, but didn't really make me laugh that much. And if if they steer it towards the comedy, I, I like it better if it's actually really, really funny. So the tone was squarely in the comedic through most of this. For example, the hikers see them standing there all bloody. One has a chainsaw arm. They're flubbing their story about being... <laughs> 
what was it naturalists <laughs> no 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 veterinarians, veterinarians. <laughs> yeah. yeah and they're just like okay whatever can we please still stay here and, you know i mean it's because it's it's a comedy and so you know anybody would be freaked out by that in the normal world but but it's okay but there were some really horrific stuff like uh the gore that we talked about the one one that we didn't mention was uh ruby beheading that male hiker with her knife and just kind of working the head back and forth like yeah. a loose tooth. In <laughs> casual <laughs> conversation. So gross. Cutting um, her feet off, yeah. Amanda looked pretty good as a deadite, and I thought did a great job. Yeah, she looked like she was having fun playing that part. Yeah. And I realized one of the most disturbing things about deadites often is they'll be, they used to be a beautiful woman, but then when they become a deadite, they seem much more masculine mm -hmm. and their voice goes down and they look like a man, like an ugly man. So it's pretty <laughs> gross. That was a good deadite. But thank you. <laughs> but my favorite part was at the end when Ruby started chanting and then we saw a lot, it, it felt like classic evil dead with the wind kicking up the weird camera angles, the wood creaking, the cellar door starting to move up and down, lightning yeah. and even moaning and screeching in the distance. Everybody and, getting scared shitless. Yes, everybody <laughs> getting terrified. And then the evil effect coming through the forest, the evil cam. So I really like that a lot. Yeah, that was cool. I, I thought it was great seeing Amanda as a deadite. She, like you, one of you guys said, she seemed like she was really having fun with it, you know, just playing that deadite character. And how could you not? I think I would have a lot of fun playing a deadite too. Yeah, totally. So. Not actually being one, but it might be no. fun being one. I don't know. Yeah, if we step back for a second and think about think so? these people as actors and stuff, well, you know. <laughs> if you can stick your hand through skulls and make them act like a puppet. Oh, jeez. <laughs> what else could you do? <laughs> what it reminds limits. me of my college days. I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We're on uh, Chris, number two. Yeah, my number two is the whole idea of of the book sort of being the source of Ash's power. And, and, and that's, they, they touched on this in the episode and how, you know, it's kind of being his whole purpose in life. And the only reason he has anything to do is because he's able to step up when the shit hits the fan and deadites are coming and he's the guy who can kill them and stuff like that. Um, you know, even though most of his life feels like a giant failure, he the book is kind of what gives him purpose and i thought that was a really really interesting concept that this evil thing is is what sort of enables ash to be a hero mm -hmm. and uh you know whereas the rest of his life he just works in the shop and really doesn't do anything um but on the other hand i also realized that it's sort of super sad and tragic that that's the case that you know behind behind all of this hero stuff ash is a super sad tragic character and he really doesn't mean anything to anybody um without this book so it's massive conflict in me mm -hmm. and in in the character too that that he has to destroy the thing which gives his life meaning yeah. sort of and uh i never really thought about that before you know watching all the movies and watching this this show up until now so I think that's a pretty huge piece of conflict for this character to have to go through. And, uh, you know, I don't think ultimately the book is going to disappear altogether, but it does make Ash a really, really fascinating character for me. I agree. So. It was also my number two also was all about the book. This episode revolved a lot around it. Kind of brings up the age old question. Uh, 
Is it the deadite who kills or the person who summoned the deadite that's killing? Who's at fault here, you know? <laughs> well, the yeah. person who summoned it. Yeah. <laughs> Ruby. Yeah, uh, there's that. Ruby was, yeah, like you said, Ruby was picking on Ash. You know, look what you've done with your life. What, what have you done the last 30 years? Give yourself a chainsaw for a hand? He seems pretty used to it. He doesn't seem to mind so much, I guess, with all the put-downs, probably because he's heard him his whole life. He said she had a stupid face. Yeah. yeah <laughs> his eighth grader comeback. <laughs> I kind of agree with Ash, though, when it comes to the chainsaw. Like, how cool is yeah. it that he has a functioning chainsaw arm? You don't see that every day. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no. well, wait, and the way you were talking about him, uh, the, the book giving him purpose, I liked that moment where he was hesitating on handing it over to Ruby. And it wasn't at all, I don't think, because he wasn't trusting her at that point. It was because even he even said something like, "I've you know, this has been with me for 30 years. And then she's like, give me your load. And I was like, give, give, <laughs> give her the woman your load. Let her take yeah. your load, Ash. But it was, it was a poignant moment for a second there. I was thinking that it was just that he was just so used to having it and that it was a momentous occasion. But now that you mentioned it, Chris, I think he was thinking about what that, what the book was taunting him with it. Without it, what is he? Yeah. I yeah. Felt that way too. Plus, and then you got the whole thing with, uh, Pablo, which I thought was interesting. Now you got the face of the book <coughs> on the face of Pablo. What's what's the book up to? You know, it seems like the book doesn't want Ruby to succeed. No. Yeah, maybe Pablo's going to turn into something to fight weird. Ruby. Yeah. Is the book going to give I him you. privy to some knowledge that he didn't have before? Is it going to give him powers? I don't know. What's going to go on there? So I thought that was really a cool aspect of that whole book thing, too. I'm pretty sure next week they're going to be fighting a pablo a yeah. battle between pablo who's fighting you know unwillingly on behalf of the book um and he'll probably survive ultimately but uh, yeah. i think it'll be awesome yeah well pablo has now just become leatherface so i mean god bless him you know i mean yeah that's true another genre in my thing with uh, ash is the fact that he's like the he's the reluctant hero who has had greatness thrust upon him you know, so here he is, you know, kind of a regular guy, goes to the cabin with with the good intentions of spending time with his friends. And the one thing we haven't talked about is the, uh, but they alluded to in another, um, you know, the other episode was the tape recorder, you know, the that started this whole thing. They turned that thing on and uh, it started unleashing, you know, the recorded voice of uh, whoever happened to be in the cabin to begin with. And um, and then they find the Necronomicon, and that's where the, you know Ash suddenly you know falls into this uh, nightmare, if you want to call it that. But here he is; he's now become the guardian of the book. And what I got was that you know as he's looking at the book and he's making a decision on whether he's going to hand it over. It was almost like you know it was the buddy that he hated, but that he still had developed a relationship with, mm -hmm. for lack of a better like term. A bittersweet yeah, A goodbye. bittersweet moment. And uh, so, you know, taking that into account, you know, also, I have to just point out, we talked about it in the, you know, uh, while we were sitting around after watching it. How is it that that cabin is so small on the outside and so big on the inside, huh? <laughs> I mean, come on. That, thing, that thing's like 10,000 square feet. I mean, but anyway. It's that, funny that, because I saw Star Wars and spent... You know, if you guys listen to Walking Dead cast, you heard me rant on about 30 minutes of things that didn't make sense in that movie. But for some reason with Evil Dead, that that becomes a feature for me. It's like, yeah, yeah, it's none of it on the inside. None of it makes much sense. To be yeah. honest. 
All it right. has like a wall in between a wall or like a passage in between the walls. Yeah. That was weird too. Yeah. yeah I love that. It's my turn, right? Yeah. Go for it. Okay. So my number one is just some more about the book. A uh, few observations. I thought it was funny how when Ash had his vision about burying the book when his lizard Eli told him, it did sort of seem like, yes, that seems like the right thing to do. But then when he, when he talks about it, uh, oh yeah, I took this, drank this drug and this is what it gave me, you know, it, then it starts to seem kind of flimsy, you know, it's like, well, that's a good point. He <laughs> figured this out because he took some drug. <laughs> Not yeah. so sure anymore. <laughs> um, we talked about it a little, but I thought it was great that they cut the face off the book, a little pun on defacing the book mm-hmm. and that it was bloody underneath. And it, it, when it was talking, it seemed a little goofy, almost like a Muppet or something, but it worked pretty well. It was a practical effect. Apparently. I don't know if you guys watched the little thing after the episode, but they, no. they made a book that they could, that somebody could sort of put their hand in the back of and work the mouth and stuff like that. It oh, was a practical right? effect. Which I thought was neat. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. And then when he cut the face off, it looked like a fruit roll up to me. <laughs> <laughs> the fruit roll up you, you do hungry? not want to flavor. Eat. <laughs> I was like, hmm. And then uh, I did, I thought it was pretty cool because we've seen this book with this face that we know is actual human flesh throughout this whole story and that now it gets cut off and then bound to Pablo's face was pretty clever. I mean, this show is clever in very gruesome ways all the time. So yeah. I like that. My number two was, uh, or my number one was the characters, all the different characters and the different changes they're going. See, what do we got here? We got Heather, who's the hiker with the broken leg. She's in the background now. What's going to happen with her? Is she going to become a member of their little ghost hunting team here, or are they going to? Right. Are they going to? What off do you think? One of the other characters, perhaps. I Maybe. think Heather will last one more episode. I hope Pablo doesn't get knocked off. I start to. I'm starting to really like Pablo. In fact, when. Uh, Amanda was choking Pablo in the woods. I started getting a little scared. I was like, no, yeah. not Pablo, which tells me I like him, you know. And, then and it's got... good to get scared. Cause see, that's what happens now that Amanda's dead. It enables us to be scared for the other characters, Yeah, you know. And then what's going to become of Amanda? She's going to be a reoccurring demon, you know, throughout the rest of the series. They seem to, it, it, uh, it seems they're kind of giving her some, an important role as one of these demons. Like She's maybe still a, on a powerful loose. demon. I don't think so. I think she'll be cut up next episode. She'll get rid of him. But we never know. Yeah, you never know. I was scared for Pablo, too, though. I am getting a little tired, though. I'm getting a little tired of the whole Pablo Kelly thing. Let's resolve that, you know? Of course, yeah, I, just never, get that over with. I've never get been a big fan. I've never been a big fan of the whole soap opera dish stuff. Oh, I bet they're going to drag that out for a while, though, yeah. to be honest with you. That's going to go on for at least yeah. the next season. The problem with these kind of relationships is goes back to probably way before this but in my memory sam and diane on cheers Mm -hmm. once they got together then it saps all the energy from it so if they just had them be boyfriend and girlfriend then it would be super boring wouldn't it? ah but maybe that's why they're introducing heather oh yeah but see that's what that's how that's how they're going to extend it right they're going to keep heather around for a while i think i don't think she's going to die next episode although that leg is so badly broken there's no (laughs) way she'd be able to walk around but i think they're going to keep her around for a while and that's going to be some tension in the relationship there's a bit of a three-way setup here i hope so she's yeah i Uh, agree (laughs) i think that kelly is going to die become a deadite but 
Pablo will still want her as his girlfriend, so he'll have Ooh. a deadite for a girlfriend. No, I'm That's kidding. good. That's good. <laughs> no, I can, I can see that. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Like, uh, what, is, what did uh, Pablo say to Ash? I don't even know her name, but I know she's cute or something like that. He's like, that's he all said, you that's need all. to know. <laughs> yeah. And he said it in a way that was sort of annoyed that he would even have to say it. Yeah. <laughs> that's all you need like, to know. So maybe it's Come just going to break down to the age-old question, blonde or brunette? <laughs> the age-old question. Oh, the dilemma of the ages. <laughs> yes. What about the uh, idea that Ash, who is traditionally a loner, suddenly has these sidekicks thrust upon him, and now he has to be responsible for other people's lives? Yeah. Because he was kind of bitching about that <laughs> early on in the but series. But yeah, in this episode, he said, take these guys out of here, then come back, because I need you. So he, he's accepted at least that Pablo and Kelly sure. are valuable and he wants them around which is a growth aspect for his character probably yeah he's got to grow he's got to accept that sometimes you need other people and i think he is <laughs> all right where are we now i think it's your i turn, don't know Chris. okay number well one. my my number one was ruby and we've really talked about most of uh most of her stuff already um but maybe the one thing or two things is that i enjoyed the conversation between her and Ash, when she first shows up at the cabin, I know it was a little bit on the nose, kind of, when they were saying, when Ash says things like, I'm going to say a lot of dumb things, you know, we all, <laughs> we, we all know that already. <laughs> I love that, though. But yeah, I, I enjoyed it. I thought they had a really good back and forth there. And uh, I'm wondering, maybe, the, are they setting up Ruby to be a bit of a an ongoing villain for season mm -hmm. two? Like, if I think they don't, so. Yeah, if they don't wrap that up next week, um, maybe she's going to hang around for season two and be a bit of an antagonist for the whole season. Um, we kind of thought that with that other demon, right? But then they dealt with that, although that was a two or three episode arc. And now yeah, I think fun. even Ruby could last a lot longer, though. Right? I do, too. She's more complex and interesting. Yeah, she's got a yeah, lot totally. of stuff going on. Yeah, so. yeah and, and, and I wonder, it, maybe at the end of next episode, there'll be some something to set up the next season some sort of a twist in the storyline you know because i don't think it can just be the same thing as this season and and be i mean maybe they could do one more like that but not two more right no totally they need they need to mix it up a little bit here that's the thing about tv you can't do the same thing over and over again yeah at least not forever uh you're right, right though maybe one more season or maybe a half of the next season is is next year 10 episodes too does it do we know yet as far as i know we don't know yeah, okay. So I would maybe assume can, it would be, but... Yeah, I think so. Maybe they can do four or five like this and then really introduce something new. But mm -hmm. if Ruby's going to be a, a villain, like, there's lots they can do there. So uh, <laughs> as long as they mix it up. Yeah, and they kind of set it up that way, too. You got Ash, who is seeming kind of helpless. So they're, they're going to have to make some sort of major change. Maybe take the battle to their own realm or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be interesting. Maybe maybe we're gonna go back in time again, and the whole season ones. two. Yeah. yeah, more dark yeah. ones, or all of season two will be back in the dark ages again. Huh. <laughs> Who knows? Okay, let's get into some lines. Uh, here's one of my favorites. Pablo points at evil Ash lying on the ground dead. So how did that happen? My asshole hand <laughs> yeah, <laughs> came back, grew another me. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> same shit, different day. <laughs> what else? <laughs> I like the whole uh, the whole Killa Philadelphia. Is that what he said? 
Yep. I was just going to say Diami. that night train to Philadelphia, and she says, a stop at Choklahoma and die, Amy. Thought you'd like that. He's like, good one. That was amazing. <laughs> Ash goes, this is all because of that goddamn book. Kelly, no disrespect. You were the one who read from it. Ash, no disrespect, Kelly. If you live in the past, you hurt the future. <laughs> <laughs> I liked when, when Ash said, hey, evil, why don't you eat my butt? <laughs> so juvenile, <Yeah>. but funny. <laughs> Come on, you know how crazy girls can be, Pablo. Yeah, I'm learning. <laughs> Kelly said that first one. Just let her take or, your load, Hefe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I think too, when when they were uh, when Pablo and Ash were coming up with the the radical veterinarian story, she just kind of rolls her eyes and goes, yeah. um, or we're or just we're hunters. hunters. <laughs> like, go for the obvious one, you idiots. <laughs> Kelly's getting pretty good at, at saying what Ash would say. <laughs> Ruby says, uh, why are you on this property and where's the book you stole from my family? Ash says, easy, Nancy Drew. And then I'm on your property because I'm here to save a little something I call Earth. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> or this is a little one, but Ruby says, you know, ask, where's the book? Ash says, none of your beeswax. Mm-hmm. None of your then, beeswax. There's there's one line that I didn't really like. It's when the after he cut the face off and he threw it over onto the floor and then the face starts moving again. Uh, and Ruby is reciting all the passages from the book. Ash looks over and goes, there's something fishy with that book. And I thought that didn't make any sense. He should have said there's something going on with that face or something. Like, we yeah. already know. It, it just didn't feel like it landed very well. We already know the book is alive or whatever. And so yeah. it he probably it didn't, didn't even off. need to say anything, really. A little probably obvious. not. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That was one line that didn't really work. But hey. I liked how when Ruby was about to chainsaw Ash's head off and you thought, you know, she was like rrr, rrr, starting it up and <laughs> Kelly just like, all right, all right, break it up, you guys. Yeah. And they broke up. <laughs> I just thought that was cute. And then the last one was that I had was when Ash just said, don't talk bad about Mo and Larry here. What was uh, when they were doing the Ash versus Ash and they said that Pablo had a cat. What was the cat's name? Notorious C-A-T. Yep. <laughs> oh, okay. Notorious C A T. Got it. <laughs> it's pretty good. It's funny. If I ever get a cat again, that might be its name. <laughs> I think. Okay, let's uh, take a little break and we'll be back with the news. Time for the news. Okay, so Ken W. Hanley over at Fangoria has ranked his top 10 horror TV episodes of 2015. And I won't go through the entire list here, but it includes shows like Bates Motel, Hannibal, Penny Dreadful, American Horror Story, and even The Walking Dead. Um, I don't know how many of those shows you guys have watched. I know at least one. Um, But number one on the list 
is El Jefe, Ash vs. Evil Dead, episode number one. So, yeah, he ranked it as number one. And Ken Hanley wrote, Hail to the king, baby. While some may lament the use of CGI during certain moments of the Ash vs. Evil Dead pilot, there was something inherently magical about Sam Raimi wielding both fun and fright with infectious passion and masterful craftsmanship. So I think we can all agree that that uh, that is accurate. Number one on the list. That's awesome. I still can't decide whether that episode or this most recent one, last week, number eight, are my favorite, but it's definitely between those two for me. Yeah, it's a tough call because, I mean, the first one, I think you almost look back on it with with rose-colored glasses, even because it was the first one and it just blew us away so much, right? And it's hard to think anything bad about it, but... Uh, but it was really good. So was this last one and a bunch in between, but number one on the list anyways. So we can post that link Ash versus gingerbread. So a couple of people, (laughs) a couple of people named Nicole Cooper and Johnny LaRock have created a gingerbread house out of the cabin from evil dead. Uh, we'll post a link if you want to check that out, but bloody disgusting did a brief article about it, including a whole bunch of pictures of their process. And it looks really, really good. So, uh, last week or the week before we had some guy who made a light, uh, out of the cabin. And so now we have a gingerbread house and it has chainsaw ash and some deadites and stuff like that. So if you're looking for a project for the holiday season, here's another one you could do. It's pretty cool. cool. It's a good idea. It's good. It's good. Absolutely. They can do that. Um, They can do Legos. Come on. (laughs) Oh, exactly. Exactly. Some Lego. Um, Okay. A couple more items. Stars is doing an Ash vs. Evil Dead marathon this week. So right now it's Sunday, December 27th. We're recording. um, And they will be starting a marathon tomorrow on Monday, December 28th. They're going to be doing episode one, two, and three on Monday night, back to back. Then four, five, six on Tuesday and seven, eight, nine on Wednesday. The timing is a little bit weird because the finale isn't until next Saturday. So then there's a couple of days in between. You'd think they'd run them right into the finale, but uh, that's not what it's going to be. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. And each episode uh, or um, each night starts at 9 p.m. Eastern with three episodes back to back. So if you want to watch again or re-experience the whole thing, you can tune into that marathon. And then finally, this is just one thing that I thought I'd mention for everybody out there. I went to the Stars website and was looking up the show, and I realized that they have a small Ash vs. Evil Dead merchandise store, which you can find at ashversusevildeadstore.com. That's ashvsevildeadstore.com. And uh, I didn't I didn't realize this before now. You can get sh- shirts, hats, tote bags, and stuff like that. Uh, but maybe the coolest product is a wearable foam chainsaw hand it's like kind of those (laughs) things you see at baseball games and stuff where people put them on their hands and wave them around so you can get one of those but it's an evil dead chainsaw so uh check that out if you want i was pretty tempted to put an order in (laughs) just to get some stuff so there you go Uh, you can get an ash versus evil dead hat it's great that's ash vs evil dead store.com if you want any of that stuff so that's the news for this week Awesome. All right, cool. Let's move on to listener feedback. All right, Matthew Rep. That's one fucked up puppet show. <laughs> Gotta love the obligatory Three Stooges <laughs> reference, though. That was definitely... <laughs> that's a good phrase. 
was yeah. uh, fucked up for sure. I was like, oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Steve Brown writes, I did not see the big reveal coming. Pablo as Hannibal Lecter looks to be interesting. Cannot wait to see if slash how they get out of this one. My only negative is that Ash uh, and Evil Dead story was resolved a little too Sorry, Ash slash Evil Ash story was resolved a little too quickly. I would have liked to see a bit uh, see a bit of hesitation. It was great the way they determined it, though, or did they? <laughs> uh, maybe maybe yeah, Evil Ash is li- living I, on. For a second there, yeah, for a second there, I did think maybe they got the wrong one, but they riddled him with bullet holes, so I thought, well, if they got the wrong one, I'm not sure how they can come back yeah. from that. <clears throat> okay. Um, Lauren yeah. says, love the Walking Dead cast and trying to love this one. Just hope you guys don't end up giggling about boobs every episode. Sigh. Oh, oh man. Well, we weren't going to until now. <laughs> yeah, I know. What about that part where Ash was about to look at Amanda's boobs right yeah. before he cut yeah. her up? Yeah. See, one more look you had at to the go and remind us, Lauren. No. Yeah. We didn't I, even bring it up until now. I didn't even think about it until Lauren brought it up. <laughs> okay sorry lauren just teasing (laughs) next scott pike i was shopping for the music for this series this week and while i was looking up the new soundtrack i discovered the that right before the release of the first episode they released a new version of the army of darkness blu-ray oh cool they have the familiar theatrical version but they also have three other versions of the movie and a bunch of extras that you don't get on the standard dvd blu-ray the three other versions are a director's cut, the international cut, and the standard definition cut that was on television. So that's one TV standard definition and three Blu-ray versions. A lot of these extras have been missing from any version of the disc version of the movie for years. So this collector's edition is worth getting it if you want, if, if it was your first time buying the movie. Ah, right on. Cool. Good info, Scott. Cool, so yeah. It's weird how... You'd think uh, like some stuff comes out on Blu-ray, and you thought, "Wow, that this hasn't been out before." Yeah, hmm. it is weird, but I think there's been a lot of releases of the various Evil Dead movies because I've bought them all at least once. But every few years, I feel like there's another special edition, or there's even just the same thing with new packaging. Like there was the Book of the Dead edition, which comes in a package that looks like the book, right? And so right. they're really milking it, but yeah, that's okay. <laughs> I don't know if I mentioned this on the podcast, but at one of the recent Walker Stalker cons, I saw this guy who he he was a vendor and his art was he would take leather and wrap it or nail it to boards and do these like engraved designs of horror things in it. But it looks it is it's skin. It's not human skin. At least he didn't bill it as that. Um, But, uh, you know, I asked him, of course, hey, have you ever done a Necronomicon? And he looked at me like, yeah, you're the 75th person who's asked me that today. (laughs) But he's like, no, he said whoever did that original design is very protective over it. And he doesn't want to step on anybody's toes. He said if he did do one, it would just be for his own personal collection. Mm. Too bad. It'd be a big seller. Yeah. All right, cool. Let's move on to next week on Ash vs. Evil Dead. All right, next week on Ash vs. Evil Dead episode 10, the last episode of the season. During a last-ditch effort to rid the world of the evil, Ash receives an offer that could change him and mankind forever. Hmm. Oh, see, that sounds like the twist. Maybe. Maybe not. 
Yeah. If you're changing mankind, it could be what you were saying, Chris. Maybe it's a time travel thing. That's right. Maybe they're going to go back in time. How awesome would it be? Well, maybe it wouldn't be awesome if they went and did an entire season like in the Dark Ages again. Yeah, what the hell? Cool. I would watch it. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> of course we'd watch it. I guess. <laughs> and New Zealand would be a good place to film stuff like that, I, I would think. Yeah, that would be awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Let's see. I don't see why they wouldn't, or why they couldn't, I should say. Interesting. That sounds to me like, you know, they they offer him some kind of power, and maybe he won't accept it. Yeah. We'll see. This show, you know, it's... It's been unpredictable to a degree, but it's been... I don't know. Reuse some of those Lord of the Rings sets. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah, yeah, exactly. All right. That's our show, episode 13. Thanks for listening, everybody. Thanks for sitting in, Spencer. Yeah, my pleasure. Thanks for having me. Yep. If you guys want to call us, you can call us at 650-485-DEAD. That's 650-485-3323. You can also email us at groovy at podcastica.com. Or you can find us on the web at facebook.com slash evildeadcast or at evildeadcast on Twitter. And please check out our other shows on the Podcastica network at podcastica.com. All right, that's our show. Thanks for listening. We'll swallow your souls. Thank you very much.